We go to the phone lines now. Justin Hokinson from Auburn Live on Three Sports joins us here on the program. And Hoke, we certainly do appreciate the time. How was your weekend, my friend? It was good. Good weekend, man. Appreciate you having me on. No doubt about that. We uh, we got to see the Auburn Tigers cut down the nets, celebrate an outright SEC title. Kind of wild to think uh, about kind of the preseason expectations for this team. And as so many people have pointed out with the winning streak that they had to open up league play, a wire-to-wire SEC title run. What is the most impressive part to you from the, the season so far from Auburn? Yeah, I mean it's probably it's probably what you said. I mean going wire to wire. Um, I mean the SEC is really good. Um, you know they're the second best league in this year uh, by the analytics behind the Big Twelve. But obviously you could make an argument that they're the best. They won the Big Twelve SEC challenge. Um, and so I mean it's as good as the league's been. So to go wire to wire uh, is incredibly impressive. I mean Kentucky's loaded with talent and Tennessee's really good. Arkansas, I mean, there's just a lot of good teams top to bottom that you could you could say are every bit as good as Auburn, if not better, top to bottom. But um, to go wire to wire in this league is is really impressive. Um, and then I think when you factor in what what this team is compared to what it was you know, last year, you're talking about four new starters. Um, and you bring in four transfers and a, and, a, and a freshman, Jabari Smith. And so you're talking about five, basically five of the top six or seven players are brand new players, first-year players at Auburn. Um, and you win an SEC championship with them. It's pretty impressive um, to take you know four guys from different backgrounds, different colleges, bring them in, insert Jabari in there, and then um, and then have have the rest of your guys, whether it's Alan Flanagan or Jalen Williams or Dylan Cardwell or Devin Cambridge, and they all know their role and, and they're fine with it. Um, Chris Moore, um, that, that that's a big part of it too. I mean, any of those guys could have said, "Well, I don't I don't want to be number eight off the bench. I want to go play." Any of those guys could have left and, and maybe gone somewhere and tried to play more, but they didn't. And so I think I think Bruce Pearl deserves a lot of credit for a lot of different things and getting this team to to you know to a regular season championship. Tell me a little bit more about this Auburn basketball team again, getting set to open up the SEC tournament this week. Auburn will play uh, in the quarterfinals on Friday as the number one seed in all of this. And anytime you look at a championship run, oftentimes you paint the picture, the narrative going through a story or a season. What is the adversity a team can overcome? Just a year ago, this Auburn basketball team is having to fight through the Sharif Cooper eligibility and COVID-19 and games being postponed and that sort of thing. Is there anything, what was kind of the biggest hurdle or obstacle that the Sauburn team overcame this season that stood out to you? Or maybe there wasn't anything. Well, I mean, I think for the way they were built, um, you know, I think for, for a lot of the year they shot the three ball okay, and then they went probably about halfway through the conference season. You know, that fell off the cliff kind of there for about six or seven games. So, you know, I think to overcome that um, and still win the league. And, I mean, at one point they went through a six or, game, six or seven game stretch where they're shooting in the 20% range from from three um i think i think to overcome that and look as good as wendell is um and as good as kd is and what they do ends up those are three small guards and it's not always easy to win in the sec when you have smaller guards and arkansas has got big guards obviously kentucky um and it can it can cause some challenges and i think it did for auburn at times this year with with kd and wendell especially on that on the offensive end i think there's times where the fact that they were smaller affected them um, but to overcome that and still and still create a lot of plays which those guys did um, was was impressive for, for the most part the, the way they operated offensively and finding ways to score so I mean I think just overcoming I think overcoming some of the flaws that they do have I mean they absolutely have got 
have got some flaws, and those kind of those two kind of stand out. But they just they do a good job of of finding other ways to score. Whether it's transition, they play fantastic defense that leads to a lot of opportunities. And so they just play around those flaws. That's Bruce Pearl's teams have always done that, especially at Auburn. They've they've had flaws every year, some that really stand out, but they just find ways to play around those flaws because he gives the he gives the players enough confidence. To, to go play, and so if there's mistakes made, there, there's confidence there to make up for them, you know. Um, and so I, when you when really when you take this season into account, you look at three three losses in conference, and look at how close those games were. I mean, Auburn didn't even play all that well at Florida, at Arkansas, or at Tennessee, and um, and yet I mean we're talking about a one point loss, a five point loss, and a loss in overtime. Um, I mean it's you know I mean Tennessee went to Arkansas, lost by ten. You know, Kentucky goes to Arkansas, I think loses by, you know, six or seven, whatever it is. So I think just even the close losses in some of those tough environments is, is impressive. I mean, Auburn didn't have a game. You look, UConn was double overtime. Auburn did not end a game getting beat by 10 plus. There's not one game where they stepped out there and got, you know, blasted or was clearly the worst team. Not one. Not one. They just didn't make some plays in some of those games at the end and lost. But every single time they went out there, they absolutely had a chance to win with a couple minutes left in the game. Uh, looking at this team, uh, at the beginning of the year, I, I think everybody had some high expectations for Jabari Smith, just the high ranking coming in. But Walker Kessler really stepped up from the get-go and just never really slowed down, except for, I guess, maybe a, one or two games in a game where his shoulder looked like he was hurt. But is he going to be the defensive player of the year for, for obviously, I think, for SEC, but is he going to be the national defensive player of the year? And also, just how special is Walker Kessler and what he provides to this team? Yeah, he's phenomenal. I mean, when you look at what Auburn does defensively and some of the some of the numbers that they've put up defensively as a team, obviously the block shots lead the country in blocks, but you look at two point field goal percentage defense, they're top five in the country. Um and, and so that's that's mainly because of Walker. Um and you look at the way they're able to play. I mean, I think they're one of the they're the only team in the country and one of the only teams in the country in the last ten plus years to have eight blocks a game, eight steals a game and hold a team under 40% field goal percentage. A lot of that's Walker. He not only affects things at the rim, but he also changes and allows up Jasper and KD Johnson and those guys to play really aggressive on the perimeter um, because they know they've got somebody there. If, if somebody gets by them, they know that they've got somebody there that can, um, you know, cause if, if a guard gets by them and drives, they're going to sink twice. So uh, he just affects so much. And, and you look at the defense this team plays, and a lot of it starts with Walker. If he's not there... It not only changes your, your your defense at the rim, but it could potentially change how you guard on the perimeter. So he's just so consistent. I mean, he's seven one. So every time he goes out, he's you know he's going to be a factor of block shots. He's going to be a factor of rebounds. He's going to be a factor of cleaning up shots and getting easy buckets. Um, and so that just allows him to be consistent. Really, the only games where he wasn't was a couple games in foul trouble. Um, you know, and then maybe a couple games where just things didn't necessarily go his way. But I mean, for the most part, you kind of know what you're going to get with him. And then every now and then. Um, you know he has two triple doubles, and he comes along with. If teams really just decide to start challenging him, he's gonna he's gonna eat it up. And so um, he's just so consistent. He's he's absolutely the middle and the heart, I think, of of that defense and what allows them to be to be so good. Justin, a lot has been made of the play of Alan Flanagan this season. Obviously, has not been one hundred percent himself. Uh, do you think that he has a chance to kind of come on hot during the tournament time, or do you think that he's going to take another offseason and get back to himself, or, or is he ever going to be the Alan Flanagan that we saw that he could be last season? Yeah, that's a that's a tough one. Um, I 
think that with I think with the current makeup of this team, he, he's not going to he's never going to be what he was last year. Um, even if he was 100 percent healthy, he's not his production is going to be different with with this team. Uh, he, he's just not he's not as good as all, an offensive player as some of the guys that are on the team now. And so his role is just different with this team, regardless of injury. Um, I'm not sure that he's poised to to break out of any type of slump this year. I mean, he just. He just, I think, has struggled offensively to sort of find where he belongs um, on on this on this offense. And I, then, then I think things have gotten in his head. He's probably pressured himself some, and so it's just sort of all accumulated into a tough a tough offensive side of the the ball for him. Which is why you hear Bruce Pearl pushing him, pushing constantly when he talks about the media. He says, "Look, he, his job is defense. He needs to worry about defense and rebounding um, because he is a good defender. He is a good athlete, and he can rebound." When he's focused and doing those things, and when he, I think right now with this team, when he's when he's struggled offensively, he's sometimes allowed that to affect his play all over, and then you get the turnovers, and and then he's had some really bad games. Um, but he does do things on the defensive end that you don't always see. That if you ask the coaches behind the scenes on you know in terms of film, he's one of the better defenders, and you don't always you don't always notice that. He didn't have to get a steal necessarily for you to see that. So. He's still an asset on that side of the floor, which is the most important side of the floor for Auburn at this point and, and how far they're going to go. Um, but it's, it's going to be tough for him, I think, to break out offensively. His focus at this point should be defense and rebounding. He should be getting every rebound he can possibly get, defense and offensive-wise, play great defense. And then if you get an opportunity on, on offense, transition or whatever, then, then take it to then take it. But, but, don't, but I don't think he needs to feel pressure to get the ball and, and go one-on-one and try to make things happen on offense. There's, there's too many guys that can, that can create and do things. It, it doesn't need to be him on that side of the ball. Justin, as Auburn gets ready for the SEC tournament later this week, it's no mystery that tournament is not played inside of Neville Arena. It's played in Tampa, Florida. I know this Auburn team has played there earlier this year when they took on South Florida, but what does Auburn need to do to, to move past some of the road struggles that we have saw later in the season when they go on the road here? Yeah, um, I was actually at that game, that South Florida game, and um, it's a, it's a, it'll be interesting to see if it's a different environment with maybe with more people in there. But it was just kind of a big, empty arena. It was a weird shooting environment, and so I'm, I'm not surprised that they didn't shoot well. Um, it should hopefully help them the fact that they've been in there once um, when they go back. But um, you know, I think for them, look, Auburn's a Auburn's a feel good team. I mean, that, that, that when when things are going well. Or if there's some positive momentum, they're fantastic. Um, when they're not, it can really go south. And so I think the trick for them is they're not playing on the road, but it is a neutral court. And so when you're on a neutral court, you've got to create your own energy. You're not going to have a road environment against you, you know, create an energy for the other team, but you've got to create your own energy. I do think they've got some players that can obviously do that, whether it's Wendell or KD. I mean, there's some, there's some energy on that team that I think can, can create that energy in an, on a neutral floor, but that's, that's their – that's their. Uh, I think that's kind of the trick with them. They've just got to find um, consistency away from Auburn Arena. I mean, they. I watch them play at home or Neville Arena. I watch them play at home, and there's things they do with just such confidence. Whether it's passes or transition, they just they play with so much confidence at home that it is so hard to beat them. And they've got to figure out a way to play with that same confidence on a neutral floor. They've got to take that confidence on the road and not go into a neutral court or whatever and play a little bit more um, timid because that's not their style. They can't play like that. So they got to figure out how to take that same confidence and, and whether it's passing or transition or whatever it is and take it into a neutral floor uh, and, they'll be in, and they'll be in good shape. 
Are there any more Nike basketballs coming the rest of the way? <laughs> there are not. There are not. I was, I was, uh, I've watched so a lot of people talked about that, and there are different. Like I'm at practice a lot of times, and they are different basketballs. But right. um, but no, there's not a the uh, the last one was Tennessee that played with Wilson at Mississippi State, and of course they got the road win, and so that 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 helped the theory. Um, but no, the ball they play with, the Wilson NCAA ball that they play with here at home all season, that's the ball they play with in the postseason in the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament. So that is a funny thing that's like people joked about it, but it is kind of a, 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 an odd deal of why everybody doesn't play with the same ball um, or why teams that have Nike balls don't want to play with the ball they're going to play with in the postseason. But um, but no, no more Nike balls, nothing but uh, – nothing but the Wilson NCA balls from here on out. There we go. Justin Hokinson joining us here on the program. He's on Twitter at underscore Jay Hokinson for his coverage with Auburn Live, part of the On3 Sports Network. We'll let you get out of here with this. What is the number one thing that we need to know right now about the world of Auburn football? Like, what's the one thing you're following this time of year, Justin? Um, well, right now, I would probably, I mean, it's probably recruiting, honestly, at the moment, because that was such a struggle in year one. Um, and then you toss in, um, you know, the, the the events of February, and I I think it's watching recruiting, watching the offers that are going out, watching the reaction from kids, see who comes and visits, um, you know, in March and April. I mean, that's kind of what I'm watching because if they can't turn that around and do things very differently than from what they did last year, it's going to be tough. And so I think you're seeing a lot of offers go out, which is a good thing. I think that that process was a little slow a year ago in terms of getting offers out to these kids. That sped up. And then I think just see who comes on campus, and you'll kind of start to gauge how much some of those events of February are going to play with these kids and the parents or whatever. If you still see a really nice flow of talented players coming in, then that's a great sign. That means a lot of them maybe didn't pay as close attention to some of that stuff as maybe you thought they might. They're still going to come check things out and – Obviously, Auburn's got to do it on the field, but I think that's what I'm watching is offers and who's coming in to visit these next couple of months and see if they can create some momentum and see if there's some good signs of, hey, maybe they can stay in it with some of these kids you know, more than, than, than we thought. Hang in there, get to the fall, and try to win football games. So that's kind of what I'm looking at, at least till spring ball starts, right. is, is recruiting. All right, as we, uh, as we let you go here, if someone wants to be a part of the Auburn Live community, what's the best way to do that, Justin? Yeah, that'd be awesome. AuburnLive.com. You can go sign up. I think uh, I think we're doing fifty percent off right now. But uh, awesome. Yeah, just come, come. I think I, I could be wrong. Don't. Uh, uh, they change it. They change it. But you guys have now. discounts all the time. Is is the point yeah, there? It depends on the yeah. It depends on the year. We might do one for spring ball and stuff like that. But yeah, AuburnLive.com. We have a great community of people um, that have helped us launch this thing since August, and it's been amazing. So we would appreciate anybody that wants to be a part of the community to to hop on over and. Jeffrey Lee and Cole Pinkston do an awesome job on the recruiting side, and so we'd love to have anybody. Well, we appreciate the time as always, Justin. Look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thanks for the call today. You got it. Thanks, guys.